Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Each report radio network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to our show for a Monday. It is the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the program. That means Freddie Maggard will be joining us, the former Wildcat QB, helping us break down Kentucky football's 31-23 win over Northern Illinois and look ahead to the matchup with Ole Miss this Saturday at noon Eastern in Oxford. And uh, both teams ranked in the top 15 for this showdown. Uh, Kentucky uh, now 4-0 and on the season. Wildcat news of the day, a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. With the win, Kentucky moves up to number seven in the Associated Press poll, moving up one spot, and that's the highest ranking for Kentucky football since 1977. The 2007 Cats got up to uh, number eight, um, and that's where Kentucky is in the coaches' poll, is eighth. For uh, Mississippi, they're 14th in the AP and 11th in the coaches' poll. Rebels are a slight favorite for the game this weekend, anywhere from four to five and a half points, depending on uh, whose line you consult. And, of course, the uh, the big news is that Chris Rodriguez returns, and he will play his first game on Saturday and hopefully uh, give a boost to the Kentucky offense, and in particular the run game. But uh, the offense certainly had some high points on Saturday night. Uh, Will Levis was 18 of 26 with no picks and four TDs, and 303 yards. His second consecutive 300-yard passing game, third in four games this season. He's the first Kentucky quarterback since Patrick Tolles in 2015 to have consecutive 300-yard passing games. And uh, just uh, in case you're wondering, if he gets three in a row this Saturday, that hadn't been done since Jared Lorenzen in 2001. Uh, Tavian Robinson had career highs as a receiver. Seven catches for 146 yards, two touchdowns. Kentucky hit the big play. If you were listening to uh, our pregame show on the U.K. Network, we talked about this. The way that Northern Illinois uh, plays defensively was going to open up opportunities for big plays. And uh, Kentucky certainly took advantage of that with touchdown passes of 69 and 70 and 40 yards. And it was just relentless blitzing from NIU. They were without their two starting cornerbacks, so maybe that was part of the thinking is just we'll keep blitzing and, and try to you know give up some big plays but maybe force some mistakes. But uh, against the pressure, Levis did not have a pick. Kentucky did lose one fumble that led to a Northern Illinois touchdown, but uh, that really wasn't uh, related to the blitz at all. So uh, they've, they've got, they, uh, got several sacks, uh, five, I believe, um, at least a couple of those, I think, probably were on Will. Uh, he had back-to-back ones where I think he probably just held the ball too long. Uh, maybe a, another one, I think, uh, I read one of the stories was uh, a 
running back missed a block. So uh, the offensive line, while surrendering five sacks, maybe was only responsible as a, as a unit for a couple of those. Kentucky was up 31-14 with 8.46 to play. So Mark Stoops was not real happy about how they finished off the game as uh, Northern Illinois scored a, a couple of uh, – or got the touchdown and a field goal late. And then um, Stoops also was unhappy with the fumble at the end of the first half that instead of Kentucky maybe having a chance to go down and get a field goal and go up 10, they found themselves in a 14-14 tie. A couple of other notes here before we get to uh, the first break and bring Freddie on. Uh, Keon Brooks posted a message on his Instagram account to the BBN. Just a, a very nice, classy message. Thank yous all around. And he finished by saying, quote, I'll be a part of BBN for life. So certainly wish Keon well in the upcoming season. Kentucky Volleyball beat LSU, swept them uh, on Saturday, on Sunday. Uh, Reagan Rutherford had 18 kills of the match. First SEC win after LSU won a five-setter on Saturday. So a split for Kentucky against LSU. Women's soccer, number 18, Tennessee, beat Kentucky 4-1 yesterday. Links to the stories that we talk about, you can find them on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Our Wildcat News of the Day, presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. Keeneland's coming up, and if you're going to the races and want to have a, a special dinner to finish off the day, just call Giuseppe's or go to Giuseppe'sLexington.com and make your reservation now. It'll be a fantastic meal. They've got that climate-controlled patio that they expanded a couple of years ago. As the weather's nicer now, that could be the place where you uh, choose to sit. Maybe you'll sit in the bar area and have the live jazz music to accompany your meal. It's just a real dining experience. Fantastic food, fantastic ambiance at Giuseppe's. We'll be right back with Freddie Maggard here on the Leach Report. Monday edition of the Leach Report. That means the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback show with Freddie Maggard. As we welcome in the former Wildcat QB, you can read his uh, previews each week at KentuckySportsRadio.com and the After Action Review, which is kind of where we'll start, Freddie. A 31-23 win over Northern Illinois with 8.46 to play, up uh, 17. Um, you know, if, uh, if Kentucky closes that at the way Mark Stoops uh, would like, it would uh, feel a little different, I guess, right? Yeah, it would, Tom. And I think we got to go back further uh, to really describe the game. The middle eight or the last four minutes of the first half, first four of the second half. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kentucky had a chance to go up 14, two scores, uh, and didn't do that because of the last last drive. You had the Keaton Upshaw drop in the two-minute situation, and then Cavachier smoked fumble. Uh, Miami got the ball and two minutes they drove and scored and tied it up. So I think that was uh, a scenario that influenced the game. And then towards the end, closing it out. Yes, that, that was an issue. Uh, but you know, there's so much to like about this team. Uh, I know that we can, we can get in the weeds and, and try to, uh, pick apart a top 10 Kentucky team, but you know, you got two wins over. Two, the two best teams in the MAC. I think Miami beat Northwestern. You know, Northern Illinois is a good is a good team. So uh, you know, win is a win, and the season was always going to start in Oxford after after Kentucky beat Florida. The season starts at Ole Miss, 
get Chris Rodriguez Jr. back. But, uh, you know, I, I'm focusing on a lot of the positives for this football team. And, I, and Tom, I think it just uh, – there's a little bit of angst, a little bit of uneasiness about the offense because it looks different. But if you if you take a deeper look into it, Kentucky's averaging one point fewer than it did a year ago. And and that it doesn't feel that way because it's just different because Kentucky Mark Stoops said something to the effect of we are who we are and who Kentucky is offensively is an offense that's built around a first round NFL draft choice quarterback, Will Levis, maybe the first quarterback off the board, and a collection of exciting pass catchers that's explosive. So instead of a constant pounding on the of the football on the ground, which we're used to behind that big blue wall. Kentucky's getting to the end zone differently, and it's through the air and it's through explosive plays. So it looks different, it feels different, but similar results from a year ago. Uh, but again, the season starts in Oxford. Yeah, Mark Stoops joked after the game. Uh, can't quite uh, use the uh, the clip that he um, uh, mentioned because it. Uh, Included a word we we shouldn't use, but um, <laughs> on the air. But he was yeah. kind of uh, busting the chops, I would say, of the the media members. They, you know, you guys care about the running game now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <clears throat> exactly. It's just getting there differently. Kentucky's averaging north of ten yards per pass attempt. Will Levis, Tom, that is that is excellent. Anything anything eight or above is is really good. Kentucky sitting at ten uh, yards per pass attempt. That's not completion. That's attempt. At 12 yards per attempt against Northern Illinois. And again, eight of the top 10 teams in the country won by one touchdown or less this weekend. So uh, I know scoreboard uh, analyzation is, is, is common and it's fun and it's what me, you, and everybody else does. But listen, Kentucky's beating the top two teams in the MAC, beating Florida, uh, shut out Youngstown State without Chris Rodriguez. If you'd have told me that before the year and averaging 31 points a game when it averaged 32 points a game offensively, if you'd have told me that, I would have been, I would have been very happy this week going into the Ole Miss game. And, and I know the sacks, five quarterback sacks. Kentucky's given up uh, a lot of sacks this year, Tom. I mean, and, and, but, but this Saturday against, against uh, Northern Illinois, two or three of those were on Levis. I mean, his internal clock has got to get the football out a little bit quicker. And that's something that he can grow with through Rich Cangarello. Uh, so I know the big blue ball, the offensive line has taken a lot of, a lot of heat, but listen, this pass game run game is an 11 man operation. I counted four or five times the running backs didn't see the crease or hole and went and didn't in a run that resulted in a zero or one yard game, which could have popped. The running backs took a little a different angle, didn't didn't hit the hole where it was intended, or didn't see it. That's two different issues. But Chris Rodriguez will do that. So uh, Mark Stu says, "Not to panic. I'm not panicking. I see progress in that offensive line. I see offensive prog- uh, progression. But I think the inefficient two minute drive in the first half with the drop pass and, and the fumble by Cavazier smoke. And in that situation, you know that that is a senior situational offense." When is you're two minute mode, you're running the football, you're in the middle of the field, you're ready to get tackled, you just get to the ground and set the football and run another play. That that's a learning, uh, uh, that that'll be a learning scenario for the running backs to get down once they get hit in two men. Let, let's play another play. 
you mentioned the yards per attempt, and you know, Stoops yeah. had, had talked about for several years uh, needing to be more explosive in the pass game. Yeah, and they've they've gotten there now. And you mentioned it's ten point one per attempt, and that's kind of that's the the measure that uh, football analysts use in terms of you know explosive plays. So they're ten point one right. per attempt. That's second in the SEC. Last year yeah. they were sixth in the SEC for the year at eight point oh. 2020, yeah. uh, pre-Rule Levis, they were 5.5 per attempt and dead last. Um, and they were 11th in 2019. That was the Bowden year. Uh, 2018, they were uh, 12th at 7.1. 2017, yeah. they were uh, 7th at 7.4. 2016, Stephen Johnson, even you know, hitting some, some bombs, uh, they were 7.8, so still under 8. Yeah. And uh, they were tied for fourth in the league that year. So that's kind of a little uh, number. You know, it's 10.1 now. It's significantly improved. Yeah, it, it's perspe- that, that adds great context and perspective. And that number is a hard number to increase because you have to factor in explosive plays are rare, uh, and it takes some dudes to make that happen. And the, the point that I'm trying to make and how I'm looking at this team is Kentucky's got some absolute dudes that can catch the football. Receivers tied in. So the explosive plays in 2022 are a little different than through four games now. Again, Rodriguez comes back. The explosive plays we're used to has been, okay, even through Lee and Cohen, it was Wondell Robinson explosive play. And that's basically, or the rest that were on the ground. Explosive play is 10 to 15 yards plus, however you want to measure that. This year, Kentucky has 48 pass plays of 10-plus yards. So going into the Northern Illinois game, the top five receivers for Kentucky were averaging 20 yards per catch. That, that's significant. The, the, the tight ends that play in a rotational basis during games were averaging 15 yards per reception. So we're, 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 we're seeing something special here. But I think the, the difference in what we're used to seeing and what we're seeing is a hard adjustment. And it is for me, too, I admit. But I, I just think that the, how I'm looking at this season now, offensively, we'll get to defense in a minute, is I'm sitting back and I'm just going to enjoy watching Will Levis do his thing because he's special. Quarterbacks like Will Levis don't come around very often at all. And then to surround him, with the pass catchers that Kentucky has, what Vince Merrill's done, what Mark Stoops has done, that staff in recruiting is remarkable. And, and it shows that you can flip not only a wide receiver room and a quarterback room, you can flip an offense through strategic portal acquisitions, such as Tavion Robinson, Wondell Robinson, and getting a dude at quarterback, which Kentucky has done with Will Levis. It's fun to watch. We're talking with Freddie Maggard, and uh, we will take a break and come back, continue, talk a little bit about the defense, talk a little uh, about Chris Rodriguez's return. All of it coming up on the Shuffle Dean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report. He does have a strong arm. Uh, I, seriously, I think I've jammed all my fingers since I've been here. But, I mean... We practice a lot, you know, the plays we run, we go over them, we run them, we throw them, and tonight we, he was just hitting, he was on. That's Tavian Robinson, and he's talking about his quarterback, Will Levis, there, jamming up all of his fingers. Uh, you, do you uh, jam up your wide receiver's fingers, Freddie? Uh, 
Probably did because I either threw a hundred mile an hour fastball or it was uh, in the, the third row to grandma. So there was no in between with me. You maybe jammed up grandma's fingers too. Oh no, she had great hands. She snagged them out of the air, man. Let's talk a little bit uh, about uh, Kentucky's uh, defensive performance. Um, you know, after the first drive, uh, Northern Illinois goes down the field as a nice drive. Some uh, maybe some sets things Kentucky had, wasn't ready for, so they adjust and really shut them down uh, for uh, almost the rest of the game till that point in the midway through the fourth quarter when it was thirty-one fourteen. At that point in the second half, uh, NIU had one first down, and then all of a sudden, yeah. maybe Kentucky relaxed a little bit. Yeah, you know what 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 NIU did was uh, hit hit Kentucky with some with some pretty exotic personnel groupings, unbalanced lines, shifts, et cetera, which, which is a good game plan uh, because going against that Kentucky defense, you have to try everything to see what works. So I really liked uh, the Huskies' game plan and on that first drive. Then Kentucky settled in. I think, I think when we're talking about the Kentucky defense, we, it's a little bit different because of how good it's been. So it's hard to compare – the first three games and expect those same results for 12 games. You know, I think I wrote about it, Tom, that, that, you know, the offense is, you know, has got to, got to come together, got to jail, got to get that thing rolling because you can't expect the defense to, to play at the level it played in the first three games for 12 game season. It's not going to happen. There's going to be lapses. Uh, and I think that did, ha- that did occur in the, in the late stages of the game. Uh, Northern Illinois hit a couple of, hit a couple of explosives situational, uh, had a short field with a smoke, a smoke fumble, turned that into a touchdown. So two-minute uh, defense and two-minute offense, I think, will be on the agenda at practice this week uh, because Kentucky got hurt in both of them. And you learn. I mean, pain during the games causes lessons learned, which leads to uh, situational practices. So I, I think that that'll be worked on. But this defense is still it still lights out. I mean, uh, gave up 23 points. That's kind of deceiving there a little bit. Uh, 199 yards passing through the air to Northern Illinois, 7.7 yards per attempt. Uh, but overall, it was it was a good, not great performance uh, by the Kentucky defense. Smoke. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I think Jock West Jones played really well. But if you look at, at the season uh, total. Uh, Kentucky's only given up 13 points, which uh, Brad White's defense is in the top five in basically all the major categories. Scoring defense at 13, rushing defense at 108 yards a game, Coming up pass defense at 100, 164, and total at 272. So this is still a very, very good defense. More with Freddie Magger, the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Show when we return to the Report Radio Network. Um, I thought there was obviously there's some things to clean up. Um, it wasn't perfect. There was a couple runs that could have been better. There was a, the sack on the second drive. I thought they got strung out at tackle and guard, which shouldn't happen in that protection. Um, but they shirted it up as the game went. They blitzed a lot more than I thought they were going to. They had a, their, their best corner was out, so they chose to pressure us a lot, and we had to adjust. Um, but I, th- I thought overall. Um, they did a nice job. Uh, a couple of the times Will got hit or sacked or whatever was, wasn't on the line. 
That was offensive coordinator Rich Gangarello talking about the offensive line's performance in the win over NIU. Uh, we're chatting with Freddie Maggard on our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. Question from a listener, Freddie, about the O-line. It's from Jonathan. There were some one-on-one -on -one losses on the offensive line. I believe the O-line can improve as a unit throughout the season, but is it just possible but not probable uh, for individual O-linemen to significantly improve their individual abilities during the season? Yeah, I think I know the play that uh, that he's he's re uh, referencing. Yes, the, the, the tackle got beat one on one, and then the tackle guard got beat one on one. Uh, but again, of the five sacks, two to three were ar arguably on on Will. So it's a combination of things. Running backs have to pick up blitzes better. And listen, um, Northern Illinois brought the house. I mean, they, yes, they, they were all, they were they were blitzing every which way possible. That's tough for a veteran offensive line uh, to pick up. And, and yesterday I was watching some pro football, and Luke Fortner uh, for the Jaguars, a starting center, played as good as any center in the National Football League yesterday. Played really well. Darren Kennard is an all-timer at right tackle. He's now gone. Darren Rose is all gone. So, you know, we're four games into it. That's not an excuse, but Kentucky's played with, what, three different starting offensive line uh the offensive lines in, in four games. So a lot of communication issues go there. But it's a combination of things. Yes, uh, some one-on-one -on -one losses. I do think the offensive line got better on Saturday. It may not look like it at times again. But, you know, when you really take a, a closer look at the tape, running backs missed holes. Will could have gotten rid of the football better. So it's not just on that offensive line. I think actually think uh, I saw some improvements from that group Saturday night. Let's talk, uh, continue on that, and especially as it pertains to the return of uh, Chris Rodriguez to the running back room. Uh, there was a play in the second half, and uh, what they're doing now with this offensive system in the run game is uh, the a lot of the wide zone concept that NFL teams use, and it kind of stretches the field horizontally, and then the running back has to hit the right cutback lane uh, to to bust the play. And there was a play in the second half where uh, uh, Jatan McLean was sweeping wide left, and you saw him just kind of—he was just gliding a little bit. He was—it was like he it reminded me of, of uh, a little bit of Lynn Bowden, where he would just kind of wait and wait for the right seam, uh, and it all be in a different concept. But then McLean uh, immediately explodes downhill, and what looked like it might be uh, you know play that's going for nothing goes for about ten yards. And that was yeah. one of the few times where it seemed to really be executed properly. And I'm told that Rodriguez does that way better than anybody else in the running back room, understands that, that part of it and, and runs that part of it well. And the second best guy was the guy who got hurt in game one, Ramon Jefferson. Yeah, it, it's a skill, Tom. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, when, going into the season, People were saying, well, the running backs room, room is deep. We're not going to miss Chris. And I was 100% against that. Chris Rodriguez is a game changer. He is a playmaker. He is arguably, I mean, if he had played 12 games, would have been the all-time hitting rusher at Kentucky. That's saying something given the school's history in, in running back. So that, that outside zone, the stretch, uh, it takes patience. It takes vision. It takes power, it takes a burst, and it takes uh, experience. And Chris Rodriguez has all that. Again, 
you know, and I'm not I'm not bashing or, or taking anything away because Kabashi Smoke outside the fumble had a really good football game. Twelve carries over eighty yards. That that's good for this Kentucky team. Um, but Chris Rodriguez is different. I'm not saying he is he he would totally change uh, how things turn out, but he certainly is not going to hurt it. So yeah, he has that vision for cutback and. And uh, you know the the holes that were missed, the running lanes that were missed, and 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 the running backs went to the crowd instead of the 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 hole that was made by the offensive line. Rodriguez will hit that, so I think you're going to see a big difference there. But Chris is is arguably the best running back in the Southeastern Conference, and that says a lot. I mean, there's some there's some dudes out there, and I think Chris does it as good as anybody. Yeah. So when uh, he's back now, you have. A quarterback who can uh, is can be argued as among the best in the league. You have a running back that's uh, among the best in the league, and then you have a receiving core, and they they don't have that recognition yet. But there's certainly a lot of uh, promise there with what we've seen so far in in the receiver group. Um, that's uh, you know a, a lot of good things going for you with a you know albeit an offensive line that is uh, having to to grow up in real time. Yeah, and, and again, looking back to 2021, this offense is about the same as it was last year, but it's different. It gets there differently. Now, some numbers do have to get better, and those are non-negotiable. That's that's touchdowns in the red zone. Kentucky's up now up to 53%, 9 out of 17. That's a number that was uh, significantly higher last year, and, that's, and Rodriguez will fix those woes most likely. Third down, Kentucky's right at 46%. That's an increase because of a 10 for 16 performance against Northern Illinois. Uh, but points are basically the same. Passing yards are up. Yards per attempt we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, time of possession is over 30 minutes. It's 33-21, which is good. Uh, but the efficiency, the balance, maybe maybe this team isn't isn't – with Rudolph Rodriguez, it has a chance to be, but the balance may not be there this year because of listen. You've got a quarterback. You want the ball in his hands. You want him getting. You want him throwing the football to these pass catchers that are explosive. So uh, seven seven fumbles, two lost. I think that's a number that that screams inefficiency and a minus two turnover margin for the season. And uh, you know, giving up sixteen sacks and twenty five tackles for loss is not ideal. And a lot of that could be fixed with Rodriguez. So. The season starts in Oxford. We'll, this, this time next week, I think we'll be able to talk about, okay, this is the Kentucky offense. This is what it was intended to be. How did Kentucky fare against Ole Miss, who surprisingly is, is, not, a, is not a typical Lane Kiffin uh, team? The strength of schedule is not very stringent, but the Ole Miss defense is, is good, and, and Ole Miss runs the football. So, uh, they're doing things a little bit differently. Ole Miss being they uh, are doing things differently than they did last year. So uh, football is an evolutionary sport. I mean, it changes every year based on personnel. And like Mark Stu says, we are who we are. And, and I think this is a pass-first team and getting ready to get its all SEC running back uh, in time to start SEC play in, in, a, in, a, in a string of eight Power 5 uh, games coming up to the end of the schedule. 18 minutes away from the top of the hour. We'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, get more into the Ole Miss Rebels that Kentucky will take on this weekend in Oxford. Freddie Maggard with us for the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report.
this year is uh, is pretty different for me. Um, I feel like I matured in, in many ways, and I used to just go out there and like I got to get ten tackles, I got to do this, that, and third. But this year, I really just I come into any game, every stadium, and I take a look around. And I I'm taking it all in. It's something I never did before. I used to just play. Now I'm just focusing on giving my all. I don't care about stats or anything. I just try to be the guy that leads everybody and be the guy that everybody wants to be. That is DeAndre Square and uh, Freddie Maggard, the uh, two inside linebackers, Square and Jacquez Jones. I I mean, I haven't looked at every linebacker group across the country, but uh, I have to think they're playing about as well as anybody. Yeah, they've combined for 47 tackles this season. Tom Jacquez, Jacquez Jones is actually in the team with 26. DeAndre Square with 21, which makes him 35 uh, tackles short of joining the 300 club at, at Kentucky, and that's, that's a tremendous accomplishment. Uh, I can't wait to see him get that done. But, no, I, I agree. Those two inside linebackers are very, very good, and they're going to have to be – they're going to have to play their best game Saturday at Ole Miss. Like I said, this, this Ole Miss team is different right now. Uh, number one in the SEC in rushing at 281 yards a game, five, nearly six yards per carry. So uh, Lane Kiffin is an excellent play caller, and uh, Ole Miss is a running team this year. You know, last year with Corral, they, they, they ran the ball well, but and the emphasis was on the explosive pass game. Now this season, uh, with, with some transfer portals coming in at running back, Ole Miss is, uh, is a ground team, and with higher time of possession, and uh, rolling up 488 yards per game. So that Kentucky defense is going to get tested on Saturday. They have played Troy, Central Arkansas, then at Georgia Tech, and then Tulsa at home. Yeah. Uh, Troy's John Sumrall, so maybe Kentucky will get a little intel there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and Troy is the best opponent uh, that Ole Miss has, has beat uh, this season at 28-10. to 10. Georgia Tech's terrible, just fired their coach. Tulsa. Uh, you know, well, maybe Tulsa because Tulsa and, and Northern Illinois are about the same team, you know, about equal. And uh, Ole Miss beat them 35-27. So <laughs> this is a top-10 matchup. Uh, I think the early kickoff will benefit Kentucky. Uh, but Ole Miss has the second and third leading rusher in the SEC with Quinchon Junkins at uh, 107 yards per game. Zach Evans to transfer at 91 yards per game, and a quarterback, Jackson Dart, runs for 50. So uh, Ole Miss is doing it differently, too, but in the opposite direction. Went from pass first to a run-heavy offense, and Lane Kiffin's an excellent play caller. Defensively is an improvement for Ole Miss right now, only allowing 10 points a game, which is third in the league, and 119 rush yards, so uh, 30% on third down. So this is going to be a, a really good Top 10 matchup. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this Kentucky defense can and will, will play on the road against a potent offense. And, and I'm looking forward to see Kentucky's offense with Chris Rodriguez and see how uh, that change, changes Skangarello's play card, how Kentucky attacks Ole Miss uh, offensively. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, Zach Evans, the transfer from TCU, the running back, uh, the quarterback, Dart, transfer from Southern Cal. Now, one thing I was looking yeah. at, uh, looking at some uh, numbers for him, uh, he has thrown seven interceptions in his career. It's, it's yes. his second year of playing. Uh, played a limited amount in the second half last year of uh, at Southern Cal and then was in a quarterback battle that he's just prevailed in at Ole Miss. So he's played, um, uh, he's, he's thrown seven interceptions in his two seasons. And six of them have come against 
uh, Power Five opponents. So right. things when he's played the better teams is when he has uh, had his what issues he's had with turnovers. It's been against the better teams. Not surprising. Yeah, complete, yeah, sixty-two percent, one hundred seventy-four yards a game, five touchdowns, two interceptions. The USC transfer and uh, uh, Ole Miss arguably won the portal this year. Ole Miss yeah. and USC. Uh, two pass catchers. Malik Heath came over from Mississippi State. Uh, 13 catches, 17 yards per grab. Michael Trigg is a tight end that came over from USC with a ton of potential. 13 catches, three touchdowns. And then Louisville's Jordan Watkins, six catches, uh, you know, 19 yards per reception. So there, there's a lot of newness with that uh, Ole Miss team as far as transfers. And, um, you know, looking at how – the schedule has played out. It's played out perfectly for Ole Miss, and and I think their season starts this Saturday against Kentucky as well. Uh, so it, it's a different-looking Ole Miss team. It's a different-looking Kentucky team, and uh, we'll see these offenses go go at it and two good defenses. I mean, it, it, Ole Miss, like I said, tied number three in the league, 10, yard, 10 points allowed per game, number uh, three in the league at, at – at 3.2 yards per carry, so um, it's going to be fun, Tom. This this is what this is what you look forward to. This is you know the the culmination of building this program is to take a top 10 team on the road to play another highly ranked team, and 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 that's what Kentucky, that's where Kentucky is now. This week in practice is going to be focused. I'm sure the two minute uh, situations will be worked on on both sides of the football. Um, I think Kentucky's going to travel really well. A lot of a lot of Kentucky fans will be in Oxford this weekend. Um, we've entered the stage in the season where every game is is the game of the year. This this is the most important game of the year, and we're going to have those for eight more games. So uh, the fun starts now. SEC play. Uh, it's going to be exciting, and and I'm looking forward to see Brad White go against Lane Kiffin in that chess match as far as coordinators. And I'm looking forward to seeing Scangarello uh, with uh, with his full complement of players with Rodriguez back in, uh, behind Will Levis. Talking with uh, Freddie Maggard, it's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Show. It's uh, at Fred Maggard six oh six on Twitter. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back with our final segment with uh, Freddie in just a moment here on the Leach Report. from Slice of Wildcat history this day in 1964. Kentucky beat number one Ole Miss in Jackson, 27-21. They played games in uh, Jackson in those days. They played in Memphis a few times and uh, now play all the games in Oxford. But uh, Kentucky won that game, Freddie, uh, over the number one team in the country. Got him Rick Kessner at three touchdown catches. And when they got back to Lexington, there were like 20,000 fans at what was then Bluegrass Field to uh, welcome the team home after taking down uh, Johnny Vaught and the Ole Miss Rebels. So, um, Kentucky, they're both ranked this time when they go into this matchup. Yeah, this is uh, this is big time. This is this is a game that you want to have. I mean, this this is this is uh, this is what uh, what it's all about, Tom. Again, the, the season starts Saturday, and we'll have a better view of of this Kentucky team uh, this time next week. Because you're going against start the best opponents that you've gone against so far this season, and Ole Miss is, is doing the same thing, going to get the the most difficult challenge that they've had. So, 
Uh, I'm anxious for this week to happen. I'm, I'm anxious for Mark Stoops' remarks, uh, press conferences at noon. I mean, this it's it's real now. It's it's time to go, and uh, it's going to be a fun week. Yeah, we'll uh, maybe get an update on J.J. Weaver. It would certainly be a big plus yeah. if they were to get him back. Uh, he's a guy that uh, you know creates a lot of those uh, negative plays for the Kentucky defense. <clears throat> he is, and you know this Ole Miss defense puts a lot of pressure. Uh, especially on the edge, the outside linebackers, the medium players, Alex Safari, because there's a lot of RPOs, and uh, Jackson Dart runs those very well. And uh, Ole Miss will get that run game going as soon as you get not comfortable, but as soon as you think you got that run game stopped, Dart will pull the football and get downfield uh, to Mingo or Heath or some of those pass catchers. Uh, that can be explosive as well. But Ole Miss is a run-first team, and uh, it's going. I think Kentucky's depth on the defensive line is going to work, but Ole Miss goes fast. So uh, pretty much what you have in the front seven is what you're going to have until the play, the play is the clock is real, real dead, or, or you can have substitution. So uh, that's going to be a key this week as well: is defensive line, front seven, substitution patterns that get the fast-paced Ole Miss offense. It's uh, going to be a fascinating uh, chess match, particularly on the offensive side for Ole Miss yeah. with uh, Kiffin, who's a great play caller, uh, against Brad White, who uh, yes. does a fantastic job with uh, his schemes. So I know uh, from from your perspective, you love those kind of matchups. So we'll talk about that and more next Monday. Enjoy the week and the game, Freddie. Okay, Tom. Thanks for having me on. At Fred Magger 606 on Twitter, and then you can read him at KentuckySportsRadio.com, all of the coverage of leading up to Kentucky Ole Miss. And then also, uh, Freddie's got uh, the high school game of the week project that uh, he's involved with for KSR. So uh, I think last week it was Douglas and Scott County. They'll be announcing the new one here soon with Freddie Maggard, who will be back with us next month. Have a great day, everybody, and we will see you tomorrow on the Leach Report Radio Network. Oh. Uh, another happy birthday, Michael Kid Gilchrist. Uh, Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. See you tomorrow. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to LeachReport at gmail.com. See you next time right here on the Leach Report Radio Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.